Well, good evening, and happy Easter. Uh, I want you guys to know that I am available for all meals, parties, gatherings, egg hunts, or anything that you have planned. And uh, if, if the food is, is, is hot and good, all the better, right? Amen? Are you excited about seeing the family tomorrow? Or maybe you're saying you haven't seen my family. <laughs> One of those kind of deals. Well, we're here to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord in this exciting time, especially for those of us who know Him and have been recipients of His grace. Uh, uh, we have wheeled a casket in here today, and that casket is to remind you, can you see it? It's right over here. If you're in the back, you may need to stand up. Uh, that casket is to remind you that before any of this could happen, somebody had to die. And Jesus was really dead. It wasn't a show. It wasn't a, a hoax. He was really dead. And he did something that no one had done before or has, has done since. He came out of that casket, that tomb, he rose again. We have been in a series entitled I Am Jesus, and we find ourselves looking at the I Am statements uh, in the book of John. There are seven of them. This is our fourth and final one that we will look at. And Jesus says in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I want to read what leads up to his statement there. We'll look at most of this chapter 11, so follow along with me on the screen beginning in verse 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town where Mary and Martha and he lived together. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. It was Mary who, who wiped his feet with her hair. It was Mary whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sinners sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he who you love, meaning Lazarus, is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not unto death, not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man, or the Son of God, may be glorified through it. And I'm not going to read verses 5 through 15, but basically what, what happens there is they're trying to get Jesus to come from wherever he is, up north, down to Bethany. And Jesus is hanging out, he's delaying, and Mary and Martha and the others who loved Lazarus are freaking out. He's hanging out, they're freaking out. So finally he comes, after three days really, after he'd heard the news, in no hurry. And then I want you to listen to how certain people react to his lateness, to his thought process. Then Thomas, remember Thomas? What do we know about Thomas? He was a doubter. You're a doubter tonight? You a skeptic? Anybody here? Doubting how long this sermon might last, maybe? Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go so that we might just die also. 
I want to stop right there and say that even though Thomas was not destined right away for a casket, that he was kind of dead, wasn't he? He, he, was, he had reached a dead end. He, he, he was dead in his doubts. Dead in his doubts. You know, there are a lot of ways to be dead and not be physically dead. Do you know people who are very much alive, but in a lot of ways they're dead? You want to take their pulse when you see them, just to see what's going on with them? You know people who are so lazy, so uh, backwards in their activity, that you just kind of wonder what's going on with them? Well, there are a lot of ways to be dead, and I want to talk to you about some of those ways tonight. Thomas was dead in his doubts. Now, let's just be honest. How many of you here tonight have ever had any spiritual doubts? Ever had any spiritual doubts? Come on. We all have, haven't we? If you're not raising your hand, you're not being honest tonight, because there are a lot of times where we wonder what God's up to. I mean, I'm a preacher, and every so often, I wonder what God's up to. I can't even wondering, I even remember wondering, when and where God really is, and when's he going to act? There are a lot of things that we pray for that we know God could do and would do. We're convinced he could do it and he would do it, and then it doesn't happen. Amen? Some of you are mad at God tonight because you've prayed for something and it hadn't happened. Maybe there's some single people here tonight. Anybody single? Excited about it? Maybe you've been praying. I'm single, send me the perfect woman. I've got a couple of teenage boys living with me, and they're always praying about girls. Praying, praying, send me a mate, send me this. They're not ready to get married, not those guys, but maybe that's what you're praying if you're single. I know folks who are married who are praying just the opposite as well, right? Maybe you've been praying for a baby to bless your marriage, to bless your union. God hadn't done it yet. Maybe you're praying for someone you love who's sick. God hadn't healed them yet. Maybe you're praying uh, for a scholarship or or for a new job or or, or something very specific, and and, and it's almost like it's a litmus test with God. You're, You're saying, God, just show me you're there. Let, give me this. Give me this thing that I'm praying for. And much like Thomas, who thought, if I go with Jesus, I'm going to die. This is not a good idea. I don't know that I want to follow doubts. Maybe you're allowing doubt to creep in in your relationship with God. And in many ways, as you said here tonight, because of those doubts, you're spiritually dead. You're dead. Thomas was dead in his doubts. Well, let's continue reading. So when Jesus came, he found that he'd already been in the tomb. We're talking about Lazarus. Remember our story. For four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, two miles away, and many of the Jews who joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother, and there was a lot of negativity there is what's kind of there between the lines. And Martha, even as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary 
was sitting in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to him, your brother's brother's going to rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again, resurrection in those last days uh, when the world comes to an end. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He believes in me. Though he may die, he shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? So we have already seen Thomas dead in his doubts, and Mary, younger sister of Lazarus, Mary, did you see what happened? Did you you listen in, in verse 20? Mary was dead in her discouragement. When they heard that Jesus was coming, he's four days late, Lazarus is in the grave, Martha went out to meet Jesus, but Mary, she didn't even leave the house. This same woman who had anointed Jesus with oil a few weeks before, this same woman who who worshipped and believed and placed her faith in Jesus, now he comes to town, she's so put out with him, she's so disappointed, she's so discouraged that she doesn't even leave the house. Maybe you're here tonight and you know it's Easter time and, and folks around you seem to be pretty excited about the Easter event and, and, and you probably are going to have a family time and, and lots of good things are going on, but in the midst of that, you can't shake your depression or your discouragement. Maybe you can't see any hope. Uh, when we talk about the risen Lord, you really don't feel his power. You really don't feel that God's active and present in your life. If you're honest tonight, even as you sit in this place, God's house, there's a sense of doom and discouragement in your life. You feel burdened and broken, might even feel empty. See, Mary couldn't see any hope. Her brother, whom she loved, was dead. Jesus, whom she placed so much stock in, had come late, and everything that she trusted in and believed in seemed to have failed her. And she's discouraged. world kind of breeds discouragement, doesn't it? Isn't it easy to get into a grind every day? Easy to allow bad things to pile up on you? Maybe you're working in a dead-end job. Maybe you hate going to school every day. Uh, Jim Willems texted me yesterday. He was on his way to church. He was in Louisville. And he'd blown out a tire on his Lexus. It's tough to be sad in a Lexus, Jim. I know that. You know that? Tough to be sad in a Lexus. He said, I've blown out a tire, and then there was a dollar sign, and another dollar sign, and a dollar sign, and a dollar sign. So let's just say we ought to all go out there and look at Jim's tire tonight before we go home. And this, this is what Jim said. It never ends. You feel that way ever? When you go to the mailbox and get the bills, do you feel that way? It never ends. 
Can you sense how Mary must have felt that day, dead in her discouragement, and far too often, even in the midst of maybe good things that are happening around us, we find ourselves disenchanted and discouraged. Now, the other sister, Martha, she was dead in the delay. She said to Jesus, I know that if you would have been here, I know that if you would have just gotten here a little while ago, that things could have been different. Now understand that in that culture, they had a belief, not a a biblical belief by any means, but kind of folklore, that if, if, if somebody died, you had three days to pray, and if you prayed just the right prayer, their spirit would be reunited with their body, but it had to happen within three days. So that's what they're praying for. But Jesus comes four days late. If you would have just been here, Lord, but now he's been dead four days. And and, and he's stinking. And in the King James it says, he stinketh. That's a great word, isn't it? You sitting by anybody that stinketh today? My one-year-old granddaughter, she can say two words, dada and stinky. That's in relationship, by the way, to her diaper, so she's learned that quickly. She'd be wiser if she'd learned to say papa, and we're working on that. But this situation stunk. This body, this decaying already body in the grave, in the tomb, stunk. It was too late, and Martha had given up all hope. I dare say that some of us today, tonight, have probably given up hope some areas of our lives. Maybe we've been praying a long time for something to happen that hadn't happened. Maybe we've been praying for someone we love to come to Jesus. Maybe you've tried to get that person. You've said, even this weekend, it's Easter weekend. Come to church with me. And they won't. You're praying and praying and hoping that Jesus will somehow connect or they'll connect with him. And it hadn't happened. Maybe you're praying for physical healing. Maybe you've had a burden for a long time. And because God's delaying, kind of dead in that now you've ceased to believe can I remind you that God's delays don't necessarily mean God's denials that over and over again we have seen God answer prayers that have been prayed for years and finally in his time he said yes you see my friends there are a lot of different ways to be dead aren't there don't have to be in a casket to be dead if you read the rest of the story Jesus finally made his way to the tomb Bible says he cried out with a loud voice I guess if you're dead you don't hear well by the way he cried out with a loud voice Lazarus can you imagine being there that day? Don't you, don't you guess that those who didn't like Jesus very much were somewhere back there laughing? 
If we were there, we would have had our iPhones out filming it. Lazarus! Jesus yelled again, come forth. A moment passed and then another, and the, the could have cut the atmosphere with a knife. Finally, you see that stone rolling, rolling. Bible says that Lazarus started to walk out of that tomb. I expect it was one of those kind of walks like I take my first few steps in the morning where your body's popping and cracking and you smell popcorn, but it's not there. He's mummified, the Bible said. Jesus said, cut him loose and set him free. You see, what we learn from this story and two others previously where Jesus met death and defeated it, and then eventually the death and the resurrection that we celebrate this weekend, we learn that the resurrection is not an event. It's a person. That everywhere Jesus went and encountered death, he defeated it. That everywhere and everyone who came in connection with Jesus would live forever. That casket right there doesn't bother me at all, and I know that one day, I hope when I'm Myrtle Hensley's age, one day I'll get to go spend a little time in one. I don't want to pay for one to live in forever, though. I just want to borrow it like Jesus did. Because the truth of the resurrection and the fact that Jesus is the resurrection, that he's Savior and Lord, that he's connected to you, is that you're going to live forever. You're going to live forever if you know him in his heaven. And it may seem like that things are pretty dead in your life now. And you might even fear what lies ahead. But the truth of Easter, the promise of Easter, is that resurrection power is yours. It's mine. And it's yours. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this isn't your final home. That's good news, isn't it? Come on, church. You can amen on Saturday nights. It's dark. Nobody will even know it was you. That's good news, isn't it? You're going to live forever. Start taking better care of yourself. You're going to live forever. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he's yours. That same resurrection power is yours for the asking. For the asking. Just a minute, we're going to sing. And if you don't know for sure that you're going to live forever, you can tonight. Did you know that? If you don't know for sure that you're going to rise again, you can know it tonight. And how do you get there? Well, one way is to come to this altar. Let me pray with you. We'll talk to the Lord together. And Jesus will come be a part of your life. He'll get all over you.
Maybe you need to come and pray a prayer about your deadness. About what you've given up hope on. You need to renew your spirit tonight. Maybe you need to come and just share with a friend or family member or me in the time of communion and thank God that he lived and he died and he rose again and that you can too. We got buckets here for offerings. We've got a dollar club basket so you can give back to the God who's given you everything and anything. So give here or as you walk out or both. But don't allow this time of response to come and go without being obedient to God. Don't let the good news of Easter fly right past you. Don't let it happen tonight. Pray with me. Father, we've heard the truth. We got it straight from you. We feel the power of your spirit We feel the encouragement of your resurrection. And Easter changes everything if we'll let it. If we'll let you, you'll change everything. You will bring life out of death. Amen. You come as we sing. Stand with me. Thank you.